0: Look at this. I look like a I look like a rooster.
1: I think you look beautiful. I
0: right, thank you. So I went uh this can be the intro. So I went viral today.
1: You went viral?
0: Uh, I, did. Uh, Ugh, I did. Apologies.
1: I did. Do you need anything? <laughs> yeah,
0: really. No, but it's weird it's wild because now my my DMs are just the horniest bots in the world.
1: Ooh, Ooh. sexy bots. It's like,
0: hey, how are you? What are you doing? How are you?
1: You up? Hey. You up? <laughs> Dan, are you, my my DMs I'm here are for just a, always a very no serious
0: ang- relationship.
1: My DMs are so angry. I wish I had sexy horny bots.
0: <laughs> it's like, can there at least be an algorithm to leave a man named Dad Sham Dad alone?
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> oh my in God. my
0: handle.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, we gotta we gotta Elon, change. We gotta change do the your bot job. Algorithm.
0: I don't need a bunch of just like horny bots leave me alone
1: I need them Elon send them to me (laughs) (laughs)
0: Hello, hello baby Joe
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah Jazz Podcast with me, Sarah Todd, jazz beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. Greg, I'm a finalist for Utah Sports Writer of the Year.
0: As you should be.
1: I'm going to get second. It's fine.
0: Well, here's here's the thing, folks. Here's what I need from you right now.
1: Nobody can vote. It's, Nobody not, a voting... can... it's not a voting thing? No, this is from- This is
0: why I know that the voting is <laughs> great. <laughs>
1: They is have it in a... for
0: Sarah. It's not actually a thing. Anybody can stop. It's just the corrupt Democrats.
1: <laughs> no, this is a. Uh, this is from the uh, National Sports Media Association. So.
0: Oh, it's the fake news media. And they're going <laughs> to go ahead. and They're not. They're going to rig the polls,
1: folks. Um. Uh, so. Eric
0: Walden. <laughs> he's a shoe in, folks. Tony it's, Jones. I'm uh, sorry.
1: The popularity large- contest. It's popularity contest.
0: You know, and this is this is the problem with America, and this is why everything is going down the tubes.
1: Here's the thing: if it if somebody else wins it, I'm going to call it a popularity contest, and if <laughs> I win it, I, I'm going to be like, "Well, it's obviously based on merit and uh, skill of reporting."
0: You're such <laughs> a good Republican.
1: <laughs> the best. <laughs> that's
0: my uh, that's my favorite. it's like did you see the the day before the election the the Trump interview?
1: Oh yeah when he, was, he, was, like, when he was like' like I sh- it, I sh- I'm gonna get blamed for everything but you know if the people that I endorsed win then I you know I deserve the credit but if not then I'll be blamed for everything
0: yeah and I should be yeah I should get all the credit and none of the blame. it was so perfect <laughs>
1: this um, country's
0: so stupid.
1: Man, but so while you were going through, uh, or apologies to the listener because Greg's sound is not as wonderful as it usually is. I don't know something. what's going
0: on with my microphone. It's Jordan's fault for buying it for me.
1: Greg, while you were dealing with headphone issues and whatnot, I saw the Kanye thing for the first time today.
0: <laughs> not great.
1: I. Ugh. All right. No, we're not going to get into that right now. No. It's wild. That's wild. Listen to Brigham
0: Young Money. I'm sure we'll talk about it.
1: Yep. (laughs) So the Jazz went on a five-game losing streak.
0: They sure did.
1: And they snapped it only last night. Mike Conley is so important.
0: (laughs) Mike Conley is the MVP of this team. Like, let's (laughs) – Let's 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 just cement some things right now. Yeah, the best player on the Utah Jazz is uh, Larry market I don't yes. think that's up for debate. The best all-around player, he's the dude.
1: He, he might not- actually make an All-Star team, even if the Jazz aren't in the top yeah. eight.
0: He's very very good, and he's having a wonderful season, and he's been a great pickup. And I think like I think you can basically I, I would be shocked if he if he's not part of the the Utah Jazz's. Uh, Future plans, absolutely. But as of right now, he is the dude. However, just because you are the dude does not make you the most valuable player on a team. We saw that last year with the dynamic between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Donovan Mitchell was the dude. Yeah, the MVP of that team was Rudy Gobert.
1: Yeah,
0: and we have a similar dynamic where this year Lowry is the dude. He has certified himself as a dude. Uh, The MVP of this team is Mike Conley.
1: It it can't be questioned at this point. And and here's the thing also Mike Conley's not even having like the most productive year of his career. He is, I think he's down like eight or nine points from like his top scoring Uh years. But he is very close to like having the most assist of his career in a year. And. He is – it's like he's the engine that runs this thing. He's the
0: floor general.
1: It's And it's so – It's I think it's become really easy, common, cliche when coaches, players, anyone else are describing Mike Conley and they will say that he is – Oh, that he has a calming presence on the floor. Like, that is something that you just plug into any Mike Conley description from anyone. Uh he's such a seasoned veteran. He he has so much experience. Uh, it could not be more true. Like, Mike Conley is legitimately the most calming presence I have ever seen for a basketball team. The difference between watching Taylor Horton Tucker or Colin Sexton like go downhill and attack the basket and watching Mike Conley play it's like he's Orchestrate
0: an offense.
1: Yeah, it looks like he's playing a goddamn violin out there. He's just like slowly and methodically playing in the pick yeah. and roll, search dribbling, making sure that everybody gets a touch. Like it he's so good at basketball.
0: <laughs> right. Well, and I think a lot of people, you know, you you brought up his His stats are down, and I think a lot of people will uh, conflate productivity with impact
1: yeah, and that is and while slightly-
0: Michael Conley is not having the most productive season of his career, he is having one of the most impactful for the reasons you've just stated, his ability to run the offense, to be that calming presence and to be able to to navigate everything that's going on in the court while also, from what I'm seeing too, it's not just that he's the point guard. He's almost like a player coach out there. The way that he's telling people where they need to be and like how he's running the things like, yeah, his impact cannot be understated.
1: Yeah. Uh, As our producer just pointed out to us, uh, Mike Conley has 2.2 more assists this, this year per game than his career stats.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and I don't think it's, it's, you know, it's not it's not surprising that the second he goes out, this team takes a nosedive. Right. You know, and like I don't mean to poo-poo Colin Sexton, but he is not at a point in his career where he is close to Mike Conley as far as like being able to be a floor general.
1: Right. And I think, you know, as we have to give a lot of credit and a lot of understanding. To players like Colin Sexton, Talon Horton Tucker, Nikhil Alexander Walker, because a- a- there is no one within the jazz organization that thinks any of them are Mike Conley or even right. near it. no right, one's right. expecting that of any of them. And the the whole reason that the jazz were able to win last night um, against the Clippers was Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson combined for 11 assists yeah. Jordan Clarkson has – Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton, Larry Markkinen combined for like 70-something points.
0: Yeah, I think – what was it last night that uh, the the Jazz scored 125 points and the starters had something like 98 or something of, the, of those points? Right. The, the, the starters bought out last night. Granted, it was against like a, a very hobbled cl- – clippers team but you go out and you play the guys who are in front of you and they did a great
1: job yeah and like that was by design too like will hardy played a seven man rotation in the second half uh jordan clarkson played 40 minutes
0: yeah i love that quote that you you put out about like you better drink some water because you're not coming out of this game
1: yeah he straight up told jordan clarkson at uh the end of the third quarter he was like sit down and take a breath like these timeouts are important because you're not coming out and at some midway through the fourth quarter colin sexton was like hey coach i need a quick sub and will hardy was like you're not tired you're not tired (laughs) he's like he's like i'm gonna turn around and walk away you better catch your breath
0: (laughs) he pulled he pulled his best tom thibodeau
1: Yeah, and he lost
0: he lost to the Knicks and all of a sudden decided that he needed to start coaching more like Tom (laughs) Thibodeau.
1: (laughs) It was very funny because Will Will wanted that win and he had to kind of like tell the guys they weren't coming out of the game to kind of prove to them like this is how much we need to want it like you got to dig deeper and he wanted it so bad. He was like, let's just play everyone. 40 minutes, doesn't matter. We got to beat the Clippers. They don't have Kawhi. They don't have Paul George. They don't have Norman Powell. They don't have Luke Kennard. We are not walking out of here with a loss. Right. So. You could
0: tell that, that Will really wanted to win that game.
1: Another thing that I found interesting from last night was that Will Hardy did not play Talen Horton Tucker and instead, and in the first half in those minutes he played Nikhil Alexander Walker. I had a lot of people in my mentions last night, like, Hey, what's the reason for this? What's going on? And it is just a very, very simple answer. Nikhil has played well lately.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And will wanted to play Nikhil rather than Talen. <laughs> it's like you
0: ride the hot hand.
1: Yeah. And I wrote a piece that people can go and read at Deseret.com kind of going through like what we've seen from those three players, Sexton, THT, and EW and what the next evolution for them is. And the biggest thing is that there has been a huge amount of progress in just the couple of months that those players have been here. Each of them have made really big steps, especially when it comes to ball handling and being a playmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, playing in more of a traditional point guard position than any of them have ever played. And what we've seen from Colin Sexton is that his decision-making has gotten better. What we've seen from Taylor Horton Tucker is that he isn't going for like the most acrobatic layups in the world every time the ball in his, is in his hands. So he's getting better. At he's much more making. deliberate. Yeah. But there's a the difference between... Now, Colin Sexton, you're going to play him because he's so dynamic and so energetic and so good at scoring that it's Mm -hmm. not like he's going to lose his spot out to THT or NAW. So he's in the rotation. But Talon, like Colin Sexton, is way more if we're comparing them to Mike Conley, right? He's way more downhill aggressive, like forcing the ball into the paint than Mike Conley is. And so that Mm -hmm. forces the Jazz to play a completely different style of offense when he is on the floor. Right, Nikhil while not nearly the scorer that the other two might be, although he's shown lately that he can shoot the ball.
0: He's been shooting the leather off the ball, especially yeah. from deep.
1: Um, He plays a lot more deliberately a la Mike Conley. Mm-hmm. And so I think that what the coaching staff has seen is that there's a little bit of an opportunity because Nikhil is so good defensively right? to try to maybe turn him into a backup point guard.
0: Which the Jazz kind of need, especially like you know, if you're trying to and and if you're trying to develop guys, which it does seem like they are. Like I think we can definitively say that, like you know, this team is not bottom five in the West, but uh, they're also not a a, a competitor. I think that you know, what are we twenty four games in now? Right. Thirteen and eleven feels right. Right, hovering right right around five hundred.
1: Yeah, and. You know our producer Matt is back on Team Tank. Tank, no, baby, he's he's ready to lose all the games, and I think that it's important to to just reiterate that you have to decide what you're going to tank for if that's going to be your course of action.
0: Yeah, and I if, think the, the the Jazz are in a bit of like a precarious position right now because like is five hundred. Is I mean most people would agree that's basketball purgatory, right? And but I'm willing to make a bit of an exception because the, the Jazz have such a such stocked shelves, right? But again, it does it just I, I'm just basing this off of I don't have any sort of premonition, but it may I, I do believe that this roster will look differently after the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, um, I think there's a lot of things that could happen. There are a lot of packages that could be made, a lot of deals that can be done. I'm not sure which way I lean when it comes to what I think the Jazz are going to do versus what I think they should do. I still think that like, right. if it's me making the decisions, and it totally it d- depends, right? It depends on what they're offered. Because if you're offered something that's really, really good, with a team that is basically a 500 team, it's really hard to pass it up no matter how much you believe in your guys. Right. Uh And we have to remember, this is all about long-term like nobody within the jazz organization believes that they're winning a championship this year. Is it none of this is about this year. Right. But with the guys on the team right now, it is interesting to think about, well, what would happen if they were just given the full year, the full season to kind of breathe and figure out like which ones play the best together and who like is Colin Sexton's trajectory of progress? Does it look like it looks right now where every two yeah, months he makes a huge leap, right? Like if he's making this much progress every couple of months, that could be amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, and they blocked them up for the long terms. So you, right. uh, you hope that continues.
1: And then, and then you look at a player like Talon. Defensively, like, his body is is built to be an incredible defender. Yes. And the Strong, same can be...
0: athletic. Huge long. wingspan.
1: Yeah. And he's, so, he's a thick boy. He's a thick boy. He's literally
0: <laughs> the exact same dimensions as I am. Yeah. 6'5", <laughs> 240.
1: And... I, I wonder is the potential that's there with those players, is that enough to keep the jazz looking at them through the rest of the season or are, they, I mean, of course they're willing to shop. It's not like they're, they've turned off the phones, right? Sure. And so I just, I, it's all going to be very interesting, especially because the trade deadline and the all-star break are so close together. And it's, fast this team is absolutely fascinating yeah, because it really I can't is. I can't really put my thumb exactly on what's going to happen or what should happen. I feel like on other teams that I've covered it it's always felt like that there's been a clear path, mm-hmm. like a, a a straight line from A to B and what the team wants to do and needs to do and what they should be looking to do. And with this team there are so many question marks. What's going on in Utah? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's uh I think we can firmly establish that this team as of as is constituted right now regardless of the five game losing streak like I think they're just they're they simply have too much talent to completely tank like they'll just they're going to win some games just
1: Right. I that's, and that was my it. other point is that you know, they've already won 13 if they were going to want to tank and actually be in the race for Victor they're only allowed to to win, win seven nine, more games. Nine, yeah, nine more games at the most. The rest of the season. Again, Lowry will do that accidentally.
0: Yeah, yeah. Beasley, Beasley's gonna hit. You know, seven three pointers in a game, and right. When, you know, Jordan Clarkson's going to have another game where he goes for 30 plus, like that's just yeah. going to happen. Colin Sexton is going to have a 30 plus, you know, mul- I would say multiple 30 plus games. Like, right. It's just going to happen. Like there's just too much collective talent on this team right now to fully be in the Wip- or Victor wemben sweepstakes.
1: Yeah. And so. And so do you. Do you formulate the roster and, and massage the roster to the point where you're, you know, you end up somewhere like the Wizards were last year where you're, you get, you know, 8th, ninth, 10th pick in the draft um, and sort of miss out on what could be like a fun play in run, maybe an 8th seed in the West. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that, that, that would be very fun. Yep, and you've got enough draft picks coming from other teams. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the Nets? Uh, they've they're got they've got the least favorable pick coming from Nets, Sixers, Rockets. Uh, that looks like it's probably going to end up being Sixers Rockets. The it's the least favorable, and so okay. it's going to be the highest. Yeah, draft okay,
0: you're right, you're right, you're yeah. right. Yeah, going to be the so Sixers probably. Going
1: to be the Sixers, but like if he can ever get
0: healthy and Doc can pull his head out of his ass.
1: Right, but like, what if they? What if they end up like turning a bad corner and Doc Rivers gets fired and they end up not making the playoff? Like, blowing you could everything end up, up. Minnesota just lost uh, Cat to a bad calf strain. What, and it's I not mean, like things
0: were going great in Minnesota beforehand. Like that's exactly. a team that has a lot of work to do when it comes to chemistry and continuity. And boy, did I get them being a league pass team so exceptionally wrong.
1: Right. I mean. Minnesota's right. 11 and 11 right now. They're 500, and that's like before the cat injury. Right. And so, what happens to them? And you're getting their 2023 pick. Right. And so, there are a lot of assets that are coming to the Jazz, not without having to talk about the Jazz's record and where they're going to land. And so, their position is number one, a luxury because they can kind of go whichever direction they want. And number two, incredibly precarious and hard to decide. I'm glad that I'm not the one being paid for to make those decisions because that's, it's a weird place to be in.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I'm glad that I'm not in that front office. Yeah, me too. And honestly, it's a really tough job for Will Hardy. (laughs) Like, what do you do? Do you go out and you do you try to find those lineups at the uh, the the sake of wins, or do I don't you think just so. or do you ride your guys and try to make some sort of like play in or playoff push? I just,
1: I think I that, don't know. So, Will has said before that like his directive from the front office is like play the best guys that you have to win games, like. Yeah. I think that the front office has given him like absolute autonomy to try to win games so that the front office can evaluate what the best things that the jazz have are. And, and Will Hardy's a good coach. And so if yes, you tell yes, him like, is. if you tell him like, this is what you have going win some games, he's going to try to, he's going to find a way to do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't mean to besmirch the good name of Will Hardy. I am. No, absolutely not. I am firmly entrenched in the Will Hardy Hive.
1: That's actually an interesting point. Uh, the Will Hardy Hive, like how do we feel about Will Hardy so far? It, I mean, do you think that he is endearing himself early on as a as a Utah jazz coach that people are going to love for a long time?
0: I, I will say this. I don't think that he's like a super gregarious like guy who loves the spotlight. Like he's a basketball nerd. Yeah. You know, and like, I do love how direct, I do love how honest he is. I don't know how well that goes over in Utah, but I I, I think the ultimate thing is winning solves everything. Right. And if he continues to win and he continues to get the most out of these players and we see people like THT and Sexton make jumps and, you know, Lowry be an all-star. Yeah, I think absolutely he's going to endear himself. Like this is a fan base. We like winning and we've been really spoiled throughout the years from the, the, the Sloan Stockton Malone years to the boozer and memo and AK and D will years to Hayward making the playoffs until like the latest iteration with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Like, sh- like we've been perennial bridesmaids, but there's a long history of winning there.
1: Right. And I wonder if, If the jazz are not winning, you know, if this turns out to be like a 10th seed year, and what if the same happens next year, once they actually get some rookies in that they're trying to develop into like dudes, like does the, does the losing jazz team led by Will Hardy? Is that, does that endear itself enough?
0: That I, I, that's really intriguing To think about, uh, because I, as, as much as I think Utah jazz nation loves, you know, loves winning and all of that. um, We're also a pretty spoiled fan base because of all of that, that winning. And I think that you could really see some short tempers and some short leashes, but ultimately I don't think it really matters. Like, I think again, jazz fans need to have a little bit of perspective and like we are in the process right now right? and processes take time. And you knew the second that Donovan and Rudy were traded that this was a long-haul thing. And while we are 24 games into this season with uh, miraculously better results than e- any of us could have pre- been predicted, it's still a work in progress. Yeah. So I, I, I do wonder about the uh, impatience of Jazz fans – uh, as well as a lack of perspective, but if I'm being completely honest, I don't care.
1: Yeah. I, w- I wonder about the impatience too. That's something that I, I definitely think about because a little bit of it sort of cropped up last night when a lot of people were like, Whoa, THT got a DMP CD. Like that, that was like a big, like hot mm-hmm. touch point. And it was like, yeah, it's Taylor Horton Tucker. It's yeah,
0: man. Like we're, not-
1: <laughs> yeah. And like we're not talking also- about
0: DeMar DeRozan. Over here, you know, like we're not talking about John Morant or like people who are bona fide stars in the league. We're talking about a guy who couldn't make it playing with the Lakers.
1: And I also, I mean, I felt the same. I think it's a very good reminder for jazz fans of where this team is. Yes. When, when Doke is coming in to play games. Mm-hmm. I think that that is a very good reminder that like, hey, when. Oh, that poor guy. Ja- when the Jazz were needing like a sort of a big body a big bodied, strong physical center to come in, they turned to Doke. And so if that's one of the options on the team, then it should remind you like, hey, don't forget, yeah, they started 10 and 3, but like this is where this team's at right now.
0: Yeah. And again, I do think I do take a lot of stock in their 10 and 3 start being a I think it's a mixture of things. A, I think Will Hardy coached his ass off. Yeah. B, I think guys were playing very hard and there were no tape on these guys and they caught people by surprise. And they did have a higher collection of talent than than I think most people would have predicted. I think there were very few people who were going to be like, oh yeah, this, team, this team's going to be competitive. Right. You know, and I think now we're you know, over a quarter away or a quarter into the season. There's tape. There are tendencies. People know to be more physical. You know, they they, they know to to try to pack the paint when you got guys like call sexton and THT in you know, they try to run run the jazz off the three-point line. They understand that they're bad at transition transition defense they're not a good rebounding team you know all of these things are known at this point there's a so lot they're not more element of surprise ultimately what i'm saying is the element of surprise is gone
1: right and so uh, once the element of surprise is gone then it comes you have down to adjust to, then it comes down to skill right right and so <clears throat> and i think that last night against the clippers albeit against an incredibly short-handed clippers team we saw that like you know the skill level of some of these players could be higher than what we've seen. Sure. And they do have potential to be better than even what we've seen. Um, and there are still things that have to be worked out. And I mean, even along that game, I mean, there was a point, I think even at halftime, Larry Markkinen had 18 points on six shots, which is just incredibly He's put insane. up some
0: absolutely just sickening numbers. That game against the Suns where he had, what was it? 30 something points on like almost 80% field goal.
1: Right. And the the point is is like, if he number one, that he only had six shots to that point means that, you know, the defenses are paying a lot closer attention to him and they're tying him the ball. They're getting the ball out of his hands. They're making it tougher for him. But also if he's having a night like that, he's got to be more aggressive. And so there's evolution for him in that too, Mm -hmm. is that like he needs to start to turn the corner and realize that he's a number one option.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, and we've talked about that, I think, on our last show was, like, I, I like, ultimately, you know, for the most part, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Lowry. But this is the first time where he's been the number one guy on the scouting reports. Right. And that changes everything. I remember, like, jazz fans, do you remember when this this same thing happened to Gordon Hayward? It wasn't that long ago? And, like, when he was he was dubbed the guy. And, you know, and he had earned that. Lowry Lowry earned that. But there is going to be a learning curve when you go from being a second or third option, like he was in Chicago and Cleveland, to being the guy.
1: Yeah. And I think a really good
0: example of that was the the Knicks game, where he didn't have a great game. And I thought that, honestly, the Knicks had a great game plan against him where they were super physical. They were pushing him off his spots. You know, kind of similarly to what Anthony Davis did against him in that first half of that last Lakers game, Right. the difference is is how Lowry responded. Lowry kind of withered against the Knicks while in the second half of the Lakers game, he went all out. And we need, the Jazz need second half Lowry against A.D., and not what he did against Julius Randle in the Knicks.
1: Yeah, that's exactly my point is that like he he has to realize that on nights when defenses are like really paying attention to him and denying yeah. him the ball, that number one, it's totally understandable if you have a good game plan against a team to get off the ball and get your teammates open, but uh. it still requires, even that like it requires him to be more aggressive. If he's going to get his teammates open and allow the defenses to pay that attention to him, he still has to be just as aggressive with the ball because it needs to look like he's trying to score. Right. Right. right, right. And if, and if the rest of the team isn't getting open, then he just needs to kind of take over in some of those moments.
0: Agreed. Could not agree more.
1: So there's a lot, there's a lot of evolution to be had and to be seen with all of these players. And I think that that's, That's part of the intrigue and part of the excitement as we also try to figure out what the team is like, kind of in in a collective sense, and um, it's very exciting. Should we take a look at the? Should we take a look at the schedule? See what games are coming up.
0: Uh, I I I did. If you looked at the outline, you know, some of us actually work on this podcast.
1: God, oh my God! Here we go. Are you going to be like this all day? No. all right As if i'm <laughs> ever different <laughs>
0: greg will you change your entire personality just for this show the
1: Jess Jess uh are on a homestand which means by the way i'm sleeping in my own bed a lot and it's very very nice Hell people, yes. people really take that for granted did you have a um, nice
0: thanksgiving we haven't even talked about that
1: yeah, I had a lovely Thanksgiving. Good, I'm glad uh, to hear that. With Colin's family, <sighs> and and we know that they're great. We love them. Ronald Reagan is a son of a... Yeah, uh, famous words from, uh, from Jody Young. That was um, the
0: very first thing she ever said to me, and I absolutely love her forever and always because of that.
1: Yeah, we're going to love her for a long time for that. <laughs> and... Um, I went, I went on an empty stomach, and we kind of started late with food. And so I drank quite a bit of wine before that happened. Oh,
0: that's just good planning.
1: And I had a great time. Uh, what an excellent night Thanksgiving was.
0: I am so glad to hear that. Mine was incredibly sober, as yeah. I was with my very religious family. But lovely food, lovely company. I had Love a great it. time. And I was What's down in St. George, and it was 60 degrees.
1: What's your what's your number one pie? like what's your favorite pie? This is a pie' it's it's, se- it's seasonal. All right seasonal
0: for me if it's if it's like midsummer, my dad has a cherry tree
1: yeah and
0: I go and I pick the cherries and I always either make like a cherry crumble or a cherry pie every year. Okay. It's, it's a tradition holiday pie. but if we're going ho- if we're going strictly Thanksgiving pie, right pecan by a large large margin and i feel like i have finally perfected my pecan pie recipe all the way up to the little bit of cracked sea salt on top yeah so you get that you get that that a little bit of salty. contrast the yeah. salty with the sweet oh, my favorite thing in the entire world probably followed by i love sweet potato pie pumpkin pie is great cherry pie this is a pie podcast. This, this is a pie podcast. Chocolate cream. I'm, I'm not very picky when it comes to my pies, but if I have if I have a choice, I'm going pecan every time.
1: Now, if I've got a choice, lemon meringue is probably my top pie. That's a I good love, choice. I love a tart, tangy. Mm-hmm. I also love strawberry rhubarb. Again, it's also tart. a lemon
0: meringue with a graham cracker crust.
1: Oh, obviously. Uh,
0: oof marron.
1: Uh also love a key lime pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm pretty outside of sort of the tart tangy, like top tier of pies for me, yeah. Just an absolute classic apple pie is so good.
0: It's so good. My mom I makes like an absolutely spectacular apple pie. You know she does in the fall every year. What's that? Peach pie. Oh, love, dude. Peach, peach pie, pie, absolutely elite. Especially if you get it like early fall, right when the peaches are super ripe. I used Matt, to, do I, you I, have? i pee the peach trees that used to be in my backyard that died.
1: Matt, do you have any pie takes you want to add? Um, big time apple and pumpkin. Okay, um, never mind. Turtle. <laughs> <on. No. laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> Those are good takes. <laughs> any,
0: anything that pairs well with a nice cup of decaf coffee at the end of the night.
1: I'm anti pumpkin.
0: You don't like a smashed pumpkin pie?
1: No, I don't like I don't like the pumpkin taste in anything. I don't like it in a pie. My mom makes this uh, sort of pie cake thing, yeah. called a called, called a pumpkin foster, and everyone loves it. Named and I after just... me, of
0: course, yeah, because your mom loves me.
1: And I I just like couldn't care less about any of the pumpkin stuff that happens.
0: Do you know? Do you know what my problem is when it comes to pumpkin pie?
1: What is it? I get too
0: pumpkined out because I go and get coffee almost every morning at the Cafe Espresso on Ninth. Was it Ninth South and Eleventh East? This is a shameless plug for them. I love them. It is my Cheers. They know me by name, and they know my order. And every now, like in the fall, they make these pumpkin bars, these little pumpkin squares. That are like kind of in between a piece of cake and a muffin.
1: Yeah.
0: And they're the best things of all time. And I will, I will, I will gain 20 pounds during the holidays just on those alone. And then by the time that Thanksgiving and, and Christmas roll around, I'm kind of pumpkined out. Yeah. And I've never had a piece of pumpkin pie that tastes better than those pumpkin bars.
1: You know what we should do? We should see if they would love to advertise on. One Utah Jazz podcast I,
0: I in, the in area. I will inquire. Inquiring minds will certainly know soon.
1: And speaking of which. Uh,
0: speaking of, of all of this, of course, we are always on the hunt and on the look for... Businesses to partner with, businesses that we believe in, local businesses that we want to lend our voice and our expertise to. So our DMs are wide open at Dad Cham Dad, at Swans of Never, at NBA Sarah, at Unsalvageables. All you have to do is reach out and we'll be happy to have a conversation with you. Our rates are incredibly reasonable. And we would love to amplify your local business. So holler at your boys and girls.
1: This coming homestand, the Jazz are playing the Pacers cannot mm-hmm. wait to watch Ben Matherin.
0: Halliburton Iris Halliburton.
1: Yeah, man. He's That's,
0: averaging twenty and eleven.
1: It's an incredibly fun team. I cannot wait for that game. That's you coming know, on Friday. You
0: know what else is wild is that it's it's it kind of feels like more and more that that uh Halliburton uh, Sabonis trade is ending up being a win win. The Kings yeah, might be the everyone. funnest team in the NBA. I don't think they're the best, but they are so fun to watch. And the, I mean, in like the Pacers,
1: I am so excited for the Kings right now. i They're
0: so fun to watch.
1: Yeah, they're very fun. They are I, basketball cocaine. I cannot wait to go out to Sacramento. Uh, we're going out the day after Christmas. We head out on a road trip that goes San Antonio, San Francisco, Sacramento. Not only am I going to be able to go see my family right after Christmas, which is excellent news for me, but that Sacramento game is going to be so much fun. Yes. Light the beam, light the beam, light the victory beam. beam. <laughs> um, but on this, on this home stand, the jazz are playing the, the Pacers and then they're playing the Blazers who, um, while they have also fallen off kind of their incredible hot start, they're down, I think they're 11th right now in the standings. Pacers, mm-hmm. or the Blazers are also a, a fun team. Hopefully Dame will be back by that game, but uh-huh. I think, I'm not sure if that's happening. It might be after that that he comes back. We'll see. Um, then they play the Warriors, and then it's Rudy Gobert's return to Vivint when the wolves come to town. So that's the four games that we've got kind of locked and loaded right now, Greg, how do you see those panning out?
0: I'm seeing, I'm seeing two and two. I'm, I'm i I'm obviously very good at this as I'm six and 11 so far in the season. Yeah. Sarah does have a two game lead, uh, which, you know, it's not going to last long because obviously I'm smarter and, you know, better looking and better at podcasting and, you know, a better writer and all that. But,
1: uh, (laughs) um,
0: I expect, uh, a win. I think I think we're going to we're going to sandwich two wins. We're going to we're going to beat the Pacers. We're going to lose to the Blazers and Warriors and then Rudy Gobert is going to come home and eat just a giant ice cream bowl full of
1: Yeah, uh
0: <clears throat> two and two, baby.
1: Oh man, it, what's hard is like does Mike come back at all during this? And I don't know. So Yeah. I think that what I'm going to say is that they're also going to go two and two, but I think that they beat the Pacers and Blazers and lose to the Warriors and Wolves.
0: I would hate to see it.
1: Yeah, but we'll see. Anything can happen. This team is incredibly fickle.
0: (laughs) Who knows? Yeah. Honestly, again, like I've said it since, since the trades happened, just, enjoy the ride and even do you know what else i think is nice and and maybe this is a bit of the silver lining is that even during the losing streak the vibes are still good right it's so fun to watch a team without expectations right i'm not like living and dying on every game you know it's not like last year where every time the jazz won i think they were going to win a title and every time they lose i was ready to like jump into traffic on i-15
1: yeah, I think, I mean, it would be interesting, again, I've said this many times before, it'll be interesting to see if they go through kind of a long, a long, tough stretch, if they've got like a 8-9-10 game losing streak, I think that'll right. be really interesting, because after that last loss uh, to the Bulls, the vibes were not feeling superior. Um, yeah, they, that
0: was a bad game. That they, was a the game they probably should have won.
1: Right, and... And I'm not saying that like people were mad at each other or anything like that, but like slowly but surely, each loss as they mounted, you could feel the locker room got a little bit more tense, got a little quieter. And so I wonder, and now it's great because like, you know, they snap that, everyone's feeling good. They're like, this is what it this is what it should look like. This is how we should play. And so they're kind of reminded of that early season success. If it's a longer tough stretch i start to wonder if anybody gets bitter and if there's a little bit more animosity and so as you said right now the vibes are so good there's no expectations there's no drama in the locker room and so it it looks really nice right now and we'll just we'll see if that keeps going yep Yep, you guys know what to do rate review subscribe download do all of the things please leave us a five-star review it really really helps the show um you can follow Greg at Dad Champ Dad. You can follow me at NBA Sarah. You could follow our producer Matt, but who cares cuz I don't know, he likes pumpkin and another pumpkin related thing that is really really stupid. And we will talk to you next time.